Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Nose Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a uh, contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me in this uh, very sad occasion, as seems to be unfortunately more the norm than not lately, is another contributor at Niner Noise, Chris Wilson. Chris, uh, how's it going, man? I don't really want to do this. Do I have to? Uh, yes, yes, now you do. Sorry. All right, let's do this then. On Sunday, I hit up the host of Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. Yeah. Because I love promoting other podcasts in the first <laughs> sentence of the one I'm hosting. You've done well. I've done yeah, well. Yeah. I'm really good at this job. <laughs> anyway, I hit him up right after the game and I told him. Cried. Yeah, well, after that. He always says this rapid reaction pod. I don't know if you listen to his podcast or not, but you should because it's good. Uh-huh. Not quite like this good, but Brian, if you're listening, not quite this good. No, of course not. One notch below. We're doing next level work on this pod. So he has to record it right after the game so that he'll have it ready to go and up uh-huh. that night before the next morning. So I hit him up and said, Hey, better you than me, buddy. Because <laughs> there's no way that I could have handled doing that. There's just absolutely no way. And I guess that's why he's more professional than I am. That's probably true. Well, it's definitely true. <laughs> it is definitely true. But like I said on last week's pod, I was a bit worried about a letdown game. And we got that lockdown game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I could sort of feel it from the start that it wasn't going well. It was definitely one of those things that was that was a, that creeping thing in the back of your head. Um, that first drive did not inspire a lot of confidence, uh, especially when uh, Nick Mullins missed all three of his throws, um, especially the, the, the one to a very, very wide open uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who might still be running uh for <laughs> for yards at this particular point if Mullins had just been able to get the ball down to just throw like a basic pass yeah literally just lob it over there that's all he needed to do just pitch and catch throw the ball sure I was texting with my brother and I'm like if either here I playing quarterback as we do like in our rec leagues now that we're old if we had missed that pass both of us would have just walked off the field. Because, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, how can you miss someone who's so open? 
if anything, you underthrow it. You do not overthrow it. That's the one thing you don't throw. Yeah, and the, and the bad part is, I don't know if you saw, there's a, a, a screenshot of the moment is the only person between Kyle Juszczyk and uh, basically the end zone, uh, Brandon Ayuk was probably 10 yards in front of him, which was part of the, the brilliant design of the play in that he took two defensive backs with him, which is why... Juice was standing there by himself. Yeah. Um, and so all that would have had to happen was I assume that Ayuk's job would have been to block one of those two guys and then let Juice run as far as he could uh, and get past the other one. So, you know, anyway, um, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of that stuff here pretty soon. So, um, yeah, not not great. I could sort of feel a little positivity after Ayuk's run. I thought that was really going to jumpstart the offense. And it was the kind of play where he was obviously the best player on the field. And he's some random rookie that we have. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that, but who knows who Brandon I is. Right. Yeah. Most of the rest of the, of the league probably doesn't know who he is for sure. I'm sure that Eagles defenders do, but no, they do now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the disrespected ones, but he's not exactly a household name. Yeah. Nor can I spell his name on the first try 100% of the time, but it's coming. Uh, his name I have, it's still used Jack's name that I can't get. Really? That, that thing's got 16 consonants in it, but anyway. Um, Honestly, if you're just throwing a couple extra C's and Z's, like no one ever know. <laughs> C's and Z's, it's, that's the trick. And, and a couple of Y's. The best is Garoppolo, because I don't know how to spell Garoppolo, but I can type it without even thinking about it. <laughs> like, in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. When that didn't spark the offense... I could tell where the game yeah. was going. Yeah. So at halftime, I posted a summary on Twitter, as I tend to do, which people usually like, but not this time. <laughs> not good. Well, it wasn't going well at that point. It was eight to seven. Yeah. As I said in our fan-sided Niner Noise chat bubble thing, I said the Phillies are uh, leading the Giants at halftime eight to seven, because uh, that's what it was. It was a baseball score, not not a football score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I posted by summary of the first half and just, I mean, I wasn't like mean about it, but I listed the things that they did wrong and what needed to improve. Mm -hmm. And then I ended it with, you know, given the level of their opponent, if they could just fix these specific issues, they will win this game. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they did not. Yeah, yeah. And that was my tweet at the end of the game. <laughs> but I don't know why this bothered me, but it did. You know, normally I don't really care what people say to me as long as it's not like extremely offensive. <laughs> but yeah, so if it's only like mildly offensive or like you suck, then like I don't know. I don't really don't have a good retort for that. So, <laughs> but some like rando who follows me replied, "Just for me to stop whining." Is that whining? I don't know. Maybe maybe it depends on how you hear it in your head. I guess. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I wrote it. So this is a serious question. Yeah. Particularly on this podcast. Uh-huh. Do I whine? Uh, do you whine? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't, not that I'm aware of. No. I think okay. you are, are long-winded, but you're definitely not a whiner. Long-winded? Yeah. Somebody might, some people might accuse you of that. Oh, I think it was my opinion of your analytical skills. I, I don't know who those people are, but they might. No. <laughs> Somebody might. Um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we are, we, are, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves here, um, <laughs> as we are as we often do. <laughs> Can we not talk about the game, please? <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to eventually. Um, we'll we'll sort of and 
We wanted to thank you for listening to yeah, the great, <laughs> great episode. Good job. Um, so, you know, the Niners lost the game. It was 25 to 20. I wonder if that was another score. Gami. I, I didn't, I didn't check. I'm sure not. I'm sure 25, 20 has happened before. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, they were Oh, two and one coming into the game. It was national television, Sunday night football, you know, not great. Cause now we're going to have to listen to national pundits talking about that whole Super Bowl hangover thing. And, most of them are going to totally ignore the fact that, you know, half our team is, is out. Um, I think we're up to like 13 IR players now, uh, I think, with the uh, addition of Ezekiel uh, Ansa added to IR and a couple of other names that we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 just been, I mean, I don't, I don't think it would be fair to, to call this a Super Bowl hangover because, to my mind, a Super Bowl hangover is when you have the same team and they perform poorly so your team doesn't isn't good anymore this is a completely different situation uh to my mind a lot every literally we're starting dante johnson literally everything that could possibly have gone (laughs) wrong so far has gone wrong um with you know the minor exception of the fact that a lot of these injuries have been relatively short term but they just all seem to be piling on one another um and speaking of which uh we the 49ers played a game on sunday which means more people got injured because that seems to be how this is going. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got a few more to add. The, the list is getting shorter, though. That's that's good. We're, we're running out of players. <laughs> this is also true. Um, so, uh, Quan Williams, uh, cornerback, slot cornerback, uh, has an ACL sprain, uh, which is something that I didn't even know was something that you could do. Uh, I, I've never heard of this happening to anyone. So of course it's going to happen to the 49ers in 2020 because we're just, we're, we're going to find everything that you can strain and sprain and whatever. Um, and they're going to do it. So I guess that's a partial tear. I, I have no idea. Um, I, I, I mean, I know you can like strain and sprain ligaments, but it just never occurred to me that the ACL could do that. Cause usually it, it just tears or, or partially tears or something like that. So who knows? Um, he's not expected to have surgery or anything, so I, I don't know what the deal is. Um, Richard Sermon uh, is eligible to come off IR this week. Uh, I guess they could open up the practice window for him, but uh, it seems like he's not going to be playing on Sunday. Uh, I think Shanahan said that it was highly unlikely that he uh, nor uh, Raheem Mostert would be ready to play this week. Um, which at this point begs, which, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely not good in both cases, but at, at this point sort of begs the question, why do they didn't put Mostert on IR? Cause it's now been three weeks and they could have just put him on IR if they were, I mean, I guess they were hoping for better news, but, um, it didn't work out. And so at this point you can't sort of, I guess there are no other running backs that we have to bring, bring up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is also true. This is also true. Um, so D Ford was officially placed on IR as well with his back slash neck injury. Uh, Jordan Reed on IR, although he'll definitely get past the three week minimum that uh, time frame. Um, Dante Johnson, who you alluded to earlier, apparently played through a groin injury on Sunday uh, because the team was literally out of cornerbacks, which is you know a great place to be because um, I don't care how bad you know the wide receivers are on the opposite team. If you don't have any cornerbacks, they're, they're probably going to beat you. Um, and then consequently be partially due to the injury uh, ends up getting beat for what turned out to be the game winning touchdown at, you know, late in the game. So that was, yeah, you know, not ideal. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not saying the injury caused that, but I'm saying that him not being as good as he once was combined with having a groin injury probably led to this, the, the thing happening. 
That's all. You recall a time that he was good. I guess I've erased that from my memory. When was that? <laughs> he was he was decent, you know, in his first run with the team. Yeah, I thought he played great on Sunday, except for that one play. And even on that play, his coverage was good, but he just didn't know when to look up for the ball. Yeah, the throw was was in a good spot, and he just kind of got lost in that. But yeah, I thought I thought he played well as well. And he beat the wide receiver into the end zone. I don't know if you noticed that he's facing the wrong direction, but. Which is not really what you're trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the injury-related things, I think, that we have to talk about. What? I think I had a lot of, like, 15 minutes for that. I know. I know. Shocking. K1, that's not good. That is not good. Yeah, that's probably the worst of the the bunch for sure. Um, And, of course, as as I mentioned, uh, Ziggy Anza out uh, with pectoral injury, so he's likely to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, unless he pulls a Quan Alexander and, and, and gets back faster. But yeah, I, I forgot I, about I, it. Never mind. That's the worst one. I don't <laughs> see that happening. Um, yeah, that's that's not great because of the length of the injury and the fact that we just don't have edge rushers um, of any kinds. Uh, Ronald Blair, hurry up. Six weeks. We got two more games and then he can come back. Uh, <laughs> so that's good. Um, along with Weston Richburg and Julian Taylor are also eligible to come back after six weeks. So that's, we're getting there. Um, the team released Muhammad Sanu after, what, three games and one catch. Um, kind of surprising a little bit that they just kind of let him go. But with uh, Debo Samuel coming back and uh, Brandon Ayuk becoming a bigger part of the offense, hopefully, it, it just kind of seemed there wasn't a place for him. I'm a little surprised it was Sanu and not somebody else. Well, get me started. But I'm guessing as well. The, here's the thing: uh, as as I was thinking about it, and then I saw this in on Twitter in a couple of different places throughout the day. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons that they probably waited to sign Sanu until after the season started was because his his contract was not guaranteed at, if when when he signed, so they could re, they could cut him at any time they wanted. So I think there was sort of this expectation that he was only going to be around for a couple of weeks when they brought him in. So just, yeah. yeah, and also um, Pettis is hurt. So. Right, exactly. Fantastic time for an injury settlement. <laughs> there you go. And how did he get hurt dancing on that? I have no freaking idea. No idea. Um, <laughs> the team uh, should also expect to get Richie James back. I believe he is eligible to return from the IR this week. Um, although I don't know that Shanahan or anybody else has said anything about whether or not he is coming back or not. I, I, I have no idea. Um, but hopefully he'll be ready to go soon and we'll get start getting players back as opposed to losing them. Um, and then there is one more uh, sort of uh, thing that needs to be discussed, and I'm sure will be discussed in more detail later. But um, it appears that Nick Mullins's opportunity to show himself to be a future NFL starter might also be done uh, for the year, uh, if not longer. So there you go. Um, <laughs> so this is... Can a quarterback really Kyle Nelson himself in one game? I don't know. It certainly looks like he might have an opportunity to do th- do so. Um, I mean, he was bad, but he wasn't that bad. Well, I don't know. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that more in a minute. I mean, he was bad. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> he was bad, but like to end his career, bad. No, no. Well, no, maybe not end his career, but I think he certainly he he placed the ceiling directly on on top of his career let's say that i think we all knew where that was <laughs> i know but i think if there was any sort of well, like not, not doubt, all of like us. lingering <laughs> doubt if, if there was any question about what his ceiling is it has been sort of 
definitely pl- placed on in spot. Every week, Jimmy Hate 2020, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, and like reality sets in and it's gone again. Now, now people are calling for <laughs> CJ. Hopefully, hopefully oh, it's yeah. never returning again. Then I'm done with it. Um, so yeah, so this has been fun. Uh, so Chris, uh, one question: Will there be any relief from all of this uh, nightmarish action that's happening in this 49ers season for 2020? I have good news for you. Yeah. The regular season ends in three months. <laughs> and the postseason is done a month after that. Oh, gracious. So um, your pain will cease. Oh, good. Once February comes and we're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. I like it. I like it. Good good, good thoughts for two sure. Two It's doable. Hey, it's, we're not out of the woods yet. Um, hey, they're talking like 12-game season. It's like we're almost in the playoffs already. Oh, that's true. Good point. Um, yeah, so, so all is not lost. Okay. And the reason why all is not lost is because of these two key stats. All right, tell me, two key stats. These two key stats alone has nothing to do with the players on the field. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, th- these are two important stats. All right, I like it. Tell me. Four Niners, second in the NFC in point differential, which is my favorite, as you know. And that bodes well for the future. They're ahead of the Seahawks, like everybody is. Well, everyone's ahead yeah. of the Seahawks. Yeah, I was I mean, say. Absolutely. The Seahawks, are, at least they're on pace to have a better point differential than, than last year, only because they haven't lost. But as soon as they do lose, then they'll probably Negative be right 12. to where they ended the season last year. So the 49ers are also first in the NFC in points allowed. And by first, I mean best, not the most, like the least. Yes, right. First first in points allowed is, is a good thing. <laughs> and as for relief, yeah. every time you mention a PFF grade today, it's going to be like nails on a chalkboard for me. So if you could hold that to a minimum... Then we can be besties forever, because you said I don't whine. Okay, I'll try to I'll try to keep it to a minimum. Okay, good deal. Yeah, Chris is having some PFF anger issues this week. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> I'm always having PFF anger issues. It's for real, yo. <laughs> More so this week than than you have at, at any point. So the apex has been reached. All right, so let's uh, let's try to you know, move through the conversation about this Eagles game as quickly as humanly possible because <laughs> I want it out of my brain. I don't want to talk about it any longer than I have to. And so, uh, yeah. So one up, one down. Let's let's not linger here. Uh, don't worry. I won't linger on the one up. <laughs> I trust you. Um, <laughs> you're, you're up for the Eagles debacle. I mean, game. Well, someone wanted George Kittle. So I got Debo 2.0. Rookie wideout. Brandon Ayuk, two games in a row, looking pretty good for a wide receiver who's played essentially two games and then one game as a decoy where he didn't really do much. <laughs> and he took an interesting play call on third down, and it was a very dangerous pass, and he turned a lump of coal into 49ers gold, which I don't think that's the way it works, is it? I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. Could be wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe in San Francisco. I don't know. So third and seven, Ayuk hauls in the pass, which is almost picked. But not a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hauls in the pass goes backwards. But PFF hasn't figured it out. Okay. Yet. Stop. Nope. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You don't do it to yourself. Stop. Stop now. One way or the other. They're still trying to decide. In some football circles, we call that a run. Mm-hmm. It was a backwards pass. And it was almost picked. Or fumbled, as it were. Right. Because the 49ers didn't block intentionally. Because it was a pass. <laughs> yeah, because it was sort of screenish. <laughs> but the problem is that since they didn't 
blocked. I think it was the uh, defensive tackle was like in between Mullins and Ayuk when he threw the pass. I think it might have gone through him. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure I got past him. Somehow I got the ball on the other side of this like 300-pound man. <laughs> and Ayuk calls in the pass. He has, at this point, four linemen in front of him. And they're already running outfield. So in true 49er form, two of these linemen just don't block anybody. <laughs> and the other two dive at the feet of two defenders and just like barely graze them. But luckily, McClinchy hit a guy in an ankle and like sprained his ankle. Hey, job done. Yeah, but like don't injure him. Just block better <laughs> or, or just stand there, you know, because like you're a lot bigger than that guy. So, anyway. so it was really up to the rookie to make it happen because he wouldn't get any help. So he actually cut in inside, sped past one defender. He bounced off another who just had a clear line to just lay him out. Like, I'm not sure how he bounced off of him. Maybe he was just too quick and he didn't realize that he was going to be a little bit farther down the field than he was, but he had an open shot on him and, and he just, just bounced right off, you know, like Devo style. I'm not quite sure that if they haven't uh, switched those two, two jerseys. So he has first down, but then obviously he wants more. And you could tell his mind was set. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going to take this thing to the house. He was not done. So he's past the sticks right next to the sideline. This, the defenders were running after him. And then Eagles safety Epps, I believe his last name is. What's his first name? I don't know. He plays safety. His last name is Epps. And he feels bad today because he is on many a sports center highlight. So he actually took a pretty good angle on Ayuk, and he was concerned about Ayuk's speed, and I put him, like, a little move on him at the 10 and then tried to like blow her past him, and Epps wasn't having it. So he caught him on the 5, and you know, it should be a pretty easy tackle. So Ayuk just jumps right over him. <laughs> and it was yeah. glorious. Yeah, I mean, he just does what any reasonable person would do. That's what I do whenever something gets in my way. I just jump over it. It wasn't one of those like Zeke. Oh, you're going to get hit. I hope you're wearing a cup. Like, hope your legs get over the helmet. I mean, he just jumped right over him. <laughs> and he was like standing still too. I mean, it's not like he had a real running start because he was sort of like slowing down to, to juke the guy. But he just, I mean, you could just tell. And there's just something about him on that play where you're like, this guy's going to score. And And he did. He wasn't having any of that defense. So he hurled over him in the end zone for six. And at the time, I felt like it was a game-defining play. It, Yeah, I agree. But that feeling didn't last long. That That is also true. <laughs> so I told you it was short. That's really all I have. Oh, I agree. That was It was it was a, a thing of, of beauty to behold and uh, really excited to get him involved more in the game. Moving forward, I think he'll be a, a bigger part of the the offense. You know, we talked about this like in the off season. You know, about the similar uh, trajectory he'll take to what Debo did last year, and I think like blast off Houston. Or what? It's already <laughs> starting to see that, like, because that was kind of how Debo got started. Was like, you know, maybe he'd only touch the ball a couple times a game, but every time he did, something good happened, and then all of a sudden, you know, the second half of the season, he just exploded. So hopefully, the same is coming for Mister Ayuk. Uh, Heading into uh, later parts of the season. A-I-Y-U-K. Yeah, I-U-K, as you have written down in our notes. So, <laughs> I like it. In case I'm not spelling it right, I just hope that you get mesmerized by all the vowels. 
<laughs> many vowels, many vowels for sure. Um, well, it, it, in a in a strange, strange, uh, bizarro world where uh, the offense was really kind of most of the day, we have both gone with an offensive player far up, which is just strange. Like looking at the score and looking at the the overall. Um, well, actually, it's not all that strange. We because we had like almost five hundred total yards in the game. Just kept giving the ball back. Yeah, it just makes no sense at all. Um, I mean, a pick six will usually help with, you know, the total yard situation. So, you know, that's how that goes. Um, and also happens to be the difference in the game. So there you are. Yeah, and we're also better than them. So that's another thing. Yeah, well, there's that. Um, but my up is uh, George Kittle, the the man, the myth, the legend, who is, uh, you know, back from injury and was just uh, a master class in being George Kittle. That's really what that was. I wanted. I was going to say a master class in being a tight end, but it's really just a master class in just being him. Uh, 15 targets, 15 catches. Um, so that is a 100% cat catch uh, percentage, by the way, for those of you keeping track at home. I thought you hated math. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I like the math when it's easy like that. Uh, 183 yards, uh, one touchdown, and... Uh, uh, according to my records, this is the first such game um, with a – it might be a tight end or it might be any – I think it's a tight end featuring that many catches. I think the number was 10 or more catches for over 175 yards ever. So that's kind of fun. Um, it's just breaking records every week. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and uh, the, the the other bizarre part of this is that no other Niners receiver had more than 43 yards. Uh, Jet McKinnon had 43 yards on six catches, I think, something like that. Um, technically, yes, we could make the we could make the point that that Kittle dropped the two point conversion attempt late in the game. Yeah, uh, I I don't really view it. Yeah, I don't really view it that way. Right, 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 right. right. Two things: the throw by C.J. Beathard, not not ideal. Um, it was a little behind him and obviously very late. Um, and not too hard. And you can also tell. By looking at the way that that Kittle, his body language suggests what that he was thinking, what most everybody else except for C.J. Beathard was thinking, which is if you take two more steps, C.J., you are in the end zone for a two point conversion, which is probably what Kittle's thinking. Kittle's looking, going, oh, he's just going to run that ball in because they just gave him, they basically lined the the way into the end zone, and C.J. was like, nah, I'm gonna throw it to George, he'll catch it. But George was not prepared, um, <laughs> so I give it. I, I put the blame on that. So also, when you're so close, you need touch on the ball. You can't just fire it in there as hard as you can because it was a difficult pass to fire in there. And and he still almost caught yeah, it. Yeah, by the and, way. and he only got one <laughs> hand on the ball, his backhand right. on the ball. So on a play like that, when your tight end is only getting one hand on the ball, even though he had, is known for catching balls with one hand in the past, that's not on him. You know, and. No, Beathard no, no. even said so after the game. He's like, "I should have just run the ball in." Yep, I yep. just wasn't thinking. And would would have changed the outlook of of the end of the game too, because they're not playing for a touchdown. They're they're able to kick a field goal to go to overtime at yep. that point. So that, that could have been the. Well, I mean, there there are many many defining points. Sure, in, sure, sure. But it was a, it was but definitely was, a late game defining moment. That's another reason why they might have lost the game. Yep, hundred percent. So, all you CJ lovers out there, sudden CJ lovers, where were you for the last year and a half? Please go back there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, more good things from Kittle. Uh, some website that grades players gave him a 92.2 grade. Grr. I have no problem with that. Um, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they, they like him for some reason. 
yeah, they love him. He's the best. Um, and then this is this is fun. So his individual DVOA, uh, so they the, the Football Outsiders does DVOA for individual players and all this kind of stuff. So he's sitting at 40.7%, which is the sixth best at um, the position in the NFL. But you have to keep in mind that he's only played in basically a game and a half because <laughs> he, <laughs> he was out for the entire second half against Arizona, missed two games, and then came back for, for this full one. So played, to be the sixth... Played, and played this, injured, yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, t- to be the sixth most valuable tight end for a game and a half when you are George Kittle is, you know, yeah, that's still pretty good. And he'll I'm sure that number will, will rise up as it goes throughout the season. Uh, he's got a 95% catch rate through his game and a half so far this season, uh, according to Football Outsiders again, which is best uh, in the NFL at any pass catching position. So that's tight as wide receivers, running backs. His 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 95% catch rate is higher than anybody, anyone's. He's uh, you know Kittle, good at football. Um, glad he's back. Um, I, I I thought he was maybe a little. It was a little over reliance on Kittle to the point where everybody else disappeared and probably was uh, an issue that that Mullins was having and probably caused a lot of the issues that that he had and that he just wouldn't he didn't seem to want to look for anybody else, uh, uh, which you know probably created its own problems um, in and of itself. But yeah, Kittle's Kittle's back and 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 hopefully we'll be getting other players on the offense back as well. Also, side note. Um, so when Jarek McKinnon scored his touchdown, he became the first 49ers since uh, Jerry Rice to score in the first four games of the season. So there you go. And I believe that was on third down. It was. So the 49ers had their second so. run by a running back <laughs> on third down. Or was it fourth down? No, it was third down. I'm pretty sure it was third. First was the pass to Ayuk in the back of the end zone where he wasn't in the back of the end zone. And then the second was the pass to Bourne, which was he had to wait for and wait for and then catch low and then Yeah, yeah and then he yeah. and then yeah. his knee hit the ground, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe hit the you ground. Know, yeah. Looking again, it Hard did look like it probably hit the ground, but I mean the way they were calling it from the broadcast was oh yeah, that's on the ground. I was like, how can you tell from above? Like what? Yeah, it was definitely harder to it was definitely hard to see in a lot of cases. So and then Jarek. So good job, Jet. It's good to have you out there. But, you know, we're definitely ready for some Mostert yeah, along yeah. with you. That'll make a very good supplemental. Let's go with that. Not not in replacement yeah. of, just... It's a team effort. Along with you, for sure. Our buddies over at uh, Zebra Technologies sent me a couple of cool stats. Oh, yeah. And one of them was on Kittle. So he averaged 5.3 yards after the catch reception which for a tight end is amazing for him it's like eh. <laughs> and he, he accounted for almost 50 percent of the niners air yards so 50 percent of the air yards he's like the anti sackerts <laughs> so when the ball's in the air and it's caught because i believe the air yards are only on call passes i think yeah. that's the way that they do it on yeah, that's how I, that's I know they, they do it both ways but i think that's why they do it with the uh, next gen sets so pretty much half the time the ball was in the air and it was caught it was going to Kittle. So he also averaged 4.5 yards of separation, which was fifth best among all pass catchers in week four. And then, crazier stat that I meant to mention earlier was the Brandon Ayuk's probability of scoring a touchdown <laughs> when he received that lateral. It's like it's like one percent or something like that, right? Less than one percent. It was like a <laughs> fraction of one percent. 
That's amazing. Wasn't his touchdown last week like in a similar, like it wasn't that low, but it was also very low, like 17% oh, sure. or something like that. I don't think it was that yeah. low, but yeah. So that should not be your go-to play. No, but something and nothing is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but that was quite a feat by Ayuk, and I like him. Yeah. I didn't like the way that they selected him, but I liked him as a player, and, and I think we've talked about this. Yeah, for sure. Many times, so I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's... Uh, Let's round out the conversation about this horrible game by uh, talking about your down. Faster, faster, and, then, faster. and then we'll do my down, and then we'll be done, and we'll get out of it. We'll move on. We'll Wait, be out. There's a, there's a game this Goodbye. week that we can go beat up on the other team, right? Well, we'll yeah, we'll talk about that, but we'll we'll stop talking about this horrible game. That's what yeah. I mean. We'll participate in it and never happen. Already have. <laughs> All right, Chris. Your down, sir. Go. So my down is the 49ers offense, the players, the coaches. Everybody, except for the aforementioned godlike Kittle and Debo 2.0 and Debo 1.0 and Juice. And maybe McKinnon, although he still can't run chance offense. Mostly McKinnon because he, the poor man can't not be hit before. Did you see the, the stat about how all of he has more yards after contact than he actually had yards? <laughs> no, in the I, game. I did not, and that is not McKinnon's game. No. Well, it's because he keeps getting it in the backfield because of the offensive Well, you'd probably stop staying there. Well, that would help too. <laughs> if yeah, you stay in the backfield long enough, you will get hit. This is true. I just thought yeah. that was a funny statistic. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that, but that, that's that's actually surprising. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take a look at his his numbers this year compared to the past years. I imagine that his yards after contact are a lot better this year than they were in past years. One question I had was, why only 10 touches by the wideouts? Two runs, eight completions. So only eight throws to the wideouts? Well, eight catches. Beathard's throw was a throw to a wideout, but okay. when he threw it to Ayuk, but I don't know if you really want to count that. Yeah, because we had... Right. Yeah, 10 touches total. Two were runs, one by Debo 1.0, one by 2.0. Then we had three or four catches by Debo. Two by Ayuk. I guess three by Bourne. Anyway, it wasn't enough. <laughs> I thought it was ten. Um, let's see. Debo had Debo had three, Bourne had three, Ayuk had two, and that was it. Trent Taylor had one target, but did not catch the ball. So three, three, two, one, one. So I can count. <laughs> no, it's just three, three, two. That was it. As far as receptions by wideouts. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but I said touches, so that's 10, right? Because okay. my mom would be mad as a kindergarten teacher if I couldn't count the 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and including the runs, yeah. Considering she taught me before I was two years old. Good job. And I remain in the well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beathard, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a down. I wouldn't say he's an up either, but he, he was more like a neutral. And it's like they say, it's like 80% of success is showing up. Yeah. And he was there, and he didn't throw the ball to the other team. Thanks to his godfather, Shani. I heard that Shani took Beathard in to christen recently. So <laughs> Beathard kept on showing up year after year after year when he shouldn't have, and now he might have a backup job. Yep. So Beathard's good against prevent defense, and it showed. Yeah. And as soon as he got into the red zone, he struggled because he was playing regular defense. 
And I'm a little concerned that people are going to forget who he is. He's, if I'm not mistaken, won one game in his entire career. I believe that is still correct, yes. Against the Giants. Yep. Because Marquise was emotional and fast. <laughs> and I guess there's only one way to be worse than that. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could lose more games, but... This is true. It's, it's very unlikely that a coach will allow you to do it unless you're Kaepernick. Whatever. <laughs> He's only really played four respectable games in his career in the NFL. And then there was that half of the Packers game. Yeah, and I'm including that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the second half was not respectable. And I'm including this game. I mean, th- th- that's how bad we're getting. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. The four yes. games that I'm thinking are, I mean, by far, the Giants game, he looked like a quarterback. Like, I was impressed. That was his best game. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably go down to his best game ever in his NFL career. And I'll take some bets on that. Anyone wants to bet. <laughs> and then after that, you have, like you said, at least a half of good football against the Packers. Man, I really thought we were going to win that game. Yeah, that was when uh, East came back. Out of those two. Yeah, I mean, it was maybe sad. And then he had what looked like a good game this week because he threw the ball to open receivers because they were giving them the middle of the field. Do I think Mullins would have done the exact same thing? Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, he was so shaken i'm not really sure that he would have <laughs> to be totally honest with you well thanks to shanahan we'll never know you still have the possibility for victory there maybe if you don't want to kick it <laughs> so, so maybe you are trying for the win but i think we would be telling a different story Mullins was well stayed in that game because i think he would have done the exact same thing that other did and at least without a pass rush i mean because there was no pass rush and everyone just 50 yards downfield he he can usually complete short passes, maybe not long pass, longish passes to choose. So, I just want to make sure that everybody remembers who Beathard is, you know. So, and then you know, the, the fourth game was the Chiefs game, which wasn't great. But I mean, he came in there and you mean the end of the one when Garoppolo got yeah, hurt. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm I'm counting that when they when they took when they took the touchdown away yeah, from him. Yeah, because Juice tried to catch it of, too. Offensive pass interference yeah. is a thing. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Whatever. Juice was going for the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's he wasn't taking a guy who was behind him. Hey, you know who was picking somebody <laughs> is uh, one of the wide receivers on the Eagles on that two point conversion. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, but every but he, every he play, a, a fantastic. Although Tart, like, what are you doing so close to the line of scrimmage? You have no reason to be that close, but the wide receiver just ran right into him and like hugged him and then put his arms up and then, wow, the guy's really open in the corner end zone. I wonder why. <laughs> Bethard is Bethard. And after that game or after every, every one of the games, he has a good game. He doesn't do it again. He's not going to do it again. I, yeah. And well, he's not going to, no, I mean, what I mean is he's not going to be good again. And I don't, he wasn't even good this game. He was just, okay. I'm hoping we're not going to see him again because, Garoppolo is going to be ready to go on Sunday, and we and that's going to be it. Yes, because we're going to win. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, <laughs> this really isn't the game for me to be talking poorly about Beathard. It's just <laughs> more of a reality check for sure. I should be talking poorly about Mullins because oh boy, he looked like an undrafted free agent, and I won't go on long about it because it's, it's it's just pouring it on, and yeah. I feel bad for the guy and. 
He looked so sad at the end of the like, game. Like, like Niners fans knew who he was and is, and his upside is fairly limited. But he's fun and he's exciting, and he sometimes throws passes that should get his receivers killed, <laughs> like his pass to Reed last week, where he threw the ball over the middle, and then somebody else came like ten seconds later and gave a, a late hit, and then of course. The first game he played against the Raiders, where he throws that ball to Kittle, or Kittle's 100% sure he's going to get murdered that so bad that he closes his eyes. <laughs> but in, but instead he comes out with a what he comes out with a one-handed catch and, and scores a touchdown or whatever. He he just like throws his arm out there, closes his eyes. The ball somehow just I don't know sticks to his hand. Lots of stick him, <laughs> and, and and suddenly he's running down the field, you know, almost almost scoring. So yeah, it's. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a good run while it lasted, and that's like I kept pushing the only half tongue in cheek. The trade piece, trade piece, trade piece, trade piece, because it's like selling this high, selling this high. This you're not gonna get any better than this because Mons yeah. is who he is. And this is true. And, I mean, when yeah. he's on, he can play well. You know, we don't really we haven't really seen that from CJ. So he did not play well yeah. on Sunday, and. I mean, you, you can't do anything but blame him for loss. The red zone pick was just inexcusable. You can't do that. I, I didn't even understand his reasoning. He said he saw somebody like yeah. streaking across I the mean, field, and I'm like, who? Like, what? <laughs> Trent Taylor behind him. There was a, a uh, defensive lineman, and then a linebacker, and then a defensive back with tiny little Trent Taylor mixed in there between those three Eagles. That was all that was yeah. going on there. I don't well, know actually, actually, he probably didn't see anything because <laughs> McGlinchey forgot to block, so so he had to get in his face. This is true. And, um, and, at, and at that point, the only logical thing to do is stick that ball in the ground and lift it. Yeah, I mean, just I, and I, he day. did have the time to throw the ball away, and that's what he should have done, but he was trying to do too much. And... Yeah. Yes. Another that certainly was because that's points. And he recognized that, you know, he, I do like him that in that he will admit to his mistakes. He recognizes when he messes up, doesn't always fix them, but name me somebody who fixes all their mistakes immediately. I'm definitely not on that list. (laughs) So that pick was bad. The fumble was odd because it came out via Defender's helmet. Well, he was he was starting to yeah he was starting yeah. to to wind up to throw and then yeah, it hit down, it's just sort of weird that the ball it was just came kinda, out that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess in a situation like that, and I guess maybe it depends on if he just hit the ball square, but if he hit him in the hand, then yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just sort of weird, but obviously you can't fumble. Mm-hmm. But you know, CJ knows all about that. And then the pick six was rather ill-advised because we had a chance and that felt like Mm -hmm. it ended it even though it didn't because the Eagles decided to robber sell it and allow us just to get dunk the ball down the field and actually have a decent shot and I I mean also with half decent quarterback and our our now elite long snapper we would have tied the game up 
<laughs> and and with actually with a half decent right tackle, maybe we would have won it. <laughs> so watching this tape on that throw, his throwing motion just looked off. Like he didn't have a full throwing motion. He threw it like like he was about to dump a pass off where he was supposedly firing a ball to the sideline. Mullins is bad. And this is my first, or maybe second, third, fourth PFF hit here. But PFF named him the worst starting quarterback in 2020. (laughs) And that's just silly. (laughs) Like, or stupid. Because I've watched enough football games to know that there have been horrendous performances by starting quarterbacks. Ones where there were not dime passes thrown to Kittle. Ones where there were not touchdown passes thrown to Kittle. And I feel like PFF just sort of piles on. Okay, so Kittle's good now. It's established. So you know what? Kittle gets 90-some grades, whatever he does. And often it's deserved, you know? So, but he's he's not a guy who's like, oh, he's, you know, pulling stuff in the 70s. Like Fred Warner gets like bad grades every week because I, I guess people don't know him. And that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? We're supposed to be creating these guys, you know, half subjectively, half objectively, and going to score them. Like it shouldn't matter what their name is or the number on their jersey. Right. But some players are loved and some players aren't. And some players get good grades no matter what they do. And some people get bad grades. And unfortunately, some people just get their plays ignored. <laughs> um, one of those players would be Brandon Ayuk, who still is not in PFF system as he's in PFF system as scoring that touchdown. But so far he has a zero grade for it. And how can you release the grades for a game and for a team and for players if you don't grade the players? Uh, (laughs) And I know that PFF works for NFL teams as well. And it's a weird situation because they're sort of the only game in town. So they sort of have a monopoly on this service that they I don't know exactly what they provide to the teams that pay them but much more in depth than <laughs> I'd say much more in depth than the, than the zero that we get as people who pay for it but only at 100 bucks a pop so Mullins is bad but he wasn't that bad but just because I just love to compare everyone to Kyler Murray because Murray is he falls into the we have to love him category so he just gets overgraded every game no matter what he does so I was like, all right, let's look at Mullins. He wasn't good, 72.6 pass rating. But he still completed 70% of his passes, 7.7 yards an attempt. It's not bad. <laughs> a lot of players would love that. Sure. Kirk Cousins, he's begging for that. <laughs> I mean, he threw a pick, he threw another pick, <laughs> and then he threw a touchdown. He somehow managed a 26.9 offensive rating and a 27.4 passer rating. Yeah. It doesn't make any, it does. I mean, that just does not make any sense because yeah, he, he, he threw a couple of bad picks and quarterbacks throw bad picks every game and he overthrew juice and that was bad, but he also made some good plays. I would say he's well under average. He's not the worst starting quarterback of the 2020 season. He's just not. 
and just compare stats to Murray's. And I know that it's not just stats, but <laughs> this is audio, so I can't show you plays. It's audio? What? <laughs> and I tested it. I tested it. It doesn't work. So let's just take a look at Mullins' <laughs> week four versus Murray's week three. Mullins, 70% passer, completion percentage. Murray, less than two-thirds of his passes were completed. Both 7.7 yards in attempt. Mullins has a 72.6 passer rating. Murray has a 72.3 passer rating. Mullins throws a touchdown and two picks. Murray throws what is considered worse, two touchdowns and three picks. Pretty comparable? More or less, yeah. Like I was saying before, Mullins, 27.4 PFF passing grade. Murray, 68.1. You just, there's no way that you can explain that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how the system works, so there's definitely no way that I can explain it. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know I complained to you about it, and that's why I was wondering why, if I whine because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to whine. But I just, well, I, I just, just do want to bring it up. Is, that it's this like, now ends the uh, Chris whining uh, portion of the of the podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Do I whine about PFF anymore? Uh, <laughs> not, not really. No. Oh, oh, yeah. No, oh, there's one, only one more time. But, but this is not a whine. This is, but that, that's that's absurd. And actually, I'll, I'll just get to that. Yeah, I totally got you. How about, how about I go faster? <laughs> Trent Williams. Let's just forget that this game happened. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'll just leave it at that. But still, day. the All-Pro was an All-Pro compared to the Brunskill and McGlinchey. Yeah. My goodness. And it's game after game after game. Unless you're PFF. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop there. No, no, no. Uh, I, I <laughs> Just let me say it. I'll say my piece and I'll okay. I'll pay for it. All right. All right. You got it. <laughs> but it needs to be said because okay. I actually wasn't gonna say anything, but then I read Matt Mayoko's piece this morning, and Mayoko is defending McGlinchey based on PFF stats. And PFF is not recording stats for players. They're just not doing it. And they influence the way the public thinks. They influence the way that the media thinks. When Mayoko says something, people believe it. When Mayoko says that McGlinchey is not as bad as everyone says that he is, then... That's what Shanahan said, too, yeah. by the way. Well, well, Shanahan said he's better than he was last year. I think I might get that at some point. <laughs> PNF has a responsibility to the league to at least try. And no one expects you to be right all the time. You know, if Mullins' PFF grade was 50 and Murray's was 60, it doesn't make a lot of sense on its face, but you'd be like, okay, there's probably something in in the game that, that, you know. Well, if you you factor in, like, the the nature of the interceptions, for example, which, you know, is something that I think they do, like... What impact they have? Never met a mistake that he doesn't like making. Yeah. So, <laughs> but not, not to say he won't be a great quarterback at some point, but he ain't now. Although everyone wants you to think he is. He, I mean, he is a great quarterback who plays us. He's an easy All Pro candidate. But when he plays other teams that know how to defend against uh, Russian quarterbacks, he's not so hot. PFF. Ice running raid is still a zero. How long does it take to grade 
that play. They had the stats out the next morning after the game. I was like, wow, pretty quick. Except they're all wrong. So for anybody who relies on PFF grades, and that's like everybody, I'll admit to it. If there's a player that I don't know too much about, or especially if we grab a new player and I want to see what his history is like, and you know he's played for a couple of teams, and first place I go, well, maybe second place I go is PFF. To go take a look at what he's done in the past because... I have trusted them to do their best. But that's slowly not becoming the case anymore. Until they can grade all the plays and players before they release the grades, then I can't see how we can trust what their grades are. So here's a a very fun stat. But you have to promise not to laugh until I'm done. And I, ho- I hope I haven't told you this one. But oh, I think I did. All right. Oh, anyway. Laugh anyway at the end. Do me a favor. I'm out of a bad day. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So according to PFF, over the last two games, Mike McGlinchey, and you, if you've been on Twitter, you know what people think about Mike McGlinchey. And if you watch football the last two weeks, you know a lot about Mike McGlinchey. Has allowed a grand total of two hurries and one quarterback hit. Okay, you can laugh. It seems unlikely. Well, it seems unlikely for the last <laughs> three plays of the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he forced Vether to throw the ball away on both of those plays, and he got hit on both of those plays. And on Mullins' stupid interception, he was hurried and hit by the guy that McGinchy just whiffed on. And these are not like difficult. I mean, th- there's a lot that goes into their analysis that's very difficult. That statistic is not that difficult. Okay, is, is it a hurry? Is it a pressure? You know, okay, whatever. If you're hitting the quarterback and you're driving him into the ground, then you just hit the quarterback and you drove him into the ground. <laughs> I really need some money. So if anyone else wants to bet me that that is accurate, that in the last two games, <laughs> McGlinchey has allowed a grand total of two hurries and one quarterback hit. I will take your bet and you name the odds because it is not true. Uh, what are we talking I about? I really didn't like your lot. <laughs> What's that? What are we talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I almost said that. So, like you, well, that was a lame laugh. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Shannon isn't laughing either because at his press conference yesterday, He's defending his. It was today when we started this, by the way. Oh, it's my birthday now. It was to, it was, the press conference was today when we started this, but it's not anymore. Thanks for the happy birthday. I, I was going to get to it later, but he just. Oh, you said. Oh, okay, never mind. Forget I said that. Um, can't edit it out, but sing me a song later. <laughs> <laughs> so, yesterday, yesterday, <laughs> press conference, Shanahan's defending his offensive lineman who, I don't know how you defend the guy, but. Essentially, he said that he'd be better if he'd stop making mistakes. And those mistakes are obvious because they have a very large impact on the game. And they also often come late in the game and determine the game's outcome. And then he said that McGlinchey is better this year than he was in years prior. And he said all this with a straight face. <laughs> and then he said he had to go to the bank because they were closing because he had to wire some money to PFF. <laughs> He did not say that last part. The last part was fake. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I think first of all, uh, coaches. 
I, I think coach press conferences are are ridiculous because obviously they're not going to stand up there and like badmouth their player. Well, um, unless you're up on right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's, there, I mean, you're going to say things, yeah, but yeah. You, no, I'm, and, I'm with, and, you, I'm with and you. some of it is you got to know like which players are going to respond to you saying certain things in front of the media and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, yeah, is probably a good chance that he's saying different things to McGlinchey on <laughs> behind closed doors, which is where all that should be happening. In the first place, but uh, you know, I don't think Shanahan's an idiot. I think he can see that there are definitely things to be cleaned up um, on all sides, and uh, uh, hopefully, we'll be working on on getting that done. Um, I I I lo- I got lost. I don't know where we are. Um, well, in the meantime, I'll ask you a question. Okay, <laughs> where is John Benton? Who is John Benton? Their offensive line coach. Oh, no idea. Is he on vacation? He might be. Is it's, is it's he enough. like quarantined because of COVID? Maybe. Why Maybe is he not fixing know. this yeah, that, horrendous problem? This is it's a bad it's a bad thing. Um, and he, he's a Shanahan guy, so that sort of makes me think that Shanahan doesn't think it's that big of a problem. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. John, if you're out there, come back. We need you. You you got this. We believe in you. Uh, otherwise, you're you're fired, and and um, yeah, we're, we're bringing in a uh, a certain lovable left tackle of ours. Oh, become be the fun. new. Oh, line coach. Maybe that's maybe that's what's wrong with McGlinchey. Maybe he just misses Joe. Yeah, we talked about this last week a little bit. He misses Joe, and he's sad. Uh, Joe wouldn't let him do this. Get him, Joe. Joe, come on, Joe. Joe, if you're listening, go go get Mike and tell him to. Joe, you need to be listening. Tell to him this. to every week. Tell him to get it together. <laughs> Stop sucking. I, I can imagine how that conversation would go. Yeah, probably. There are probably my other colorful words in there that we're not going to say. Yeah, this, this is a family podcast. Yeah. Um, so so I remembered where I, my down. See? Look at me. I can I talk. I think that's where we are. <laughs> you call me long-winded. I'm just here to fill space while you try to remember what we were just supposed to say next because I just went on a tirade. <laughs> that's that's it. So you did. You both created the problem and solved it at the same yep. time. So nice job. You're welcome. Um, so mine's going to be really quick uh, because I think everyone on the on God's green earth uh, who watches 49ers games can tell what, what the issue is. And it's, it's been an issue every week uh, so far this season and was often at times last season. So it's there's something going on. And that is uh, the mysterious mystery of why the Niners defense can't stop literally any quarterback on the planet from running the football on them. Um, it's very strange. Like they're actually their run defense has actually been pretty solid so far this year. Uh, on the whole, um, their uh, run defense DV- DVOA is sitting at negative twenty six. That's very good. Uh, the aforementioned PFF uh people give them a sixty nine point eight overall rushing defense grade, which is actually six in the NFL. Um, so that's good. Like. And, and actually really nice to see because their run defense struggled at times last season in general. So to see that and that number improving is really good. But, but like I said, literally every quarterback that they played has run the ball on them. Murray ran it on him up and down the field. Sam Darnold ran the ball on them. Stinking Daniel Jones ran it. It was running read option plays. It was, it was nuts. And then, you know, the giants or the, the Eagles saw that and ran essentially the same kind of stuff with Carson Wentz, who's, probably a considerably better athlete than, than any of those others minus Murray. Um, and they have just, <laughs> they've just run them to death. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm assuming that it's equal parts, poor strategy and equal, you know, parts, poor execution. 
Uh, but here's a couple of things to keep in mind. Still got to play Kyler one more time. Still have to play Russell Wilson twice. Uh, Dak Prescott is coming up. Uh, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. These are guys who can run the ball. And if they don't figure something out, the game plans in those games for those offenses is just going to be <laughs> run the ball with your quarterback till they stop it, and they may not. Uh, so that's that's bad. So they got to figure something out, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what the solution is, but someone must, and someone. Well, I think every defensive coordinator in the league, other than Salah, would be able to figure this out. But and probably lots of offensive coordinators would be able to figure it out. Personally, I have to go with game plan over execution because the Niners have had like seventy-five players play defense, and this is true. <laughs> and like, what all of them can't cover the quarterback when he runs? Like, I don't think that that's the problem. Yeah. So I do have a couple of splendid stats on this, and they're not of course splendid. You do. Well, they're spl- they're splendid in one way, and they're horrendous in the other way. Right, for sure. You, you do like stats, right? Um, as long as they're you know direct and to the point, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this will be 49ers rushing defense against running backs. Overall, teams that are not the Niners, well, actually, teams including the Niners on this one. Range between 121 to 651 yards total allowed. The 121 team is only played three games instead of four. Is that Steelers? So the Niners they've allowed 226 yards and one score to running backs. Pretty good. Yeah, it's the third fewest in the league. Under three yards a carry. Quarterback runs. Teams that are not the Niners. Range, I don't know. I don't know. No, you don't. Range between 21 and 128 yards. <laughs> Are we the 128? No, we're the 205. Dang. I'm a kidding. Yeah. What? 205 yards on the ground by quarterbacks. I mean, how much of that is Kyler in week one, though? Didn't he have like 100? I want to. He didn't I have 100. Like half of that, but it, he had a lot I feel less confident now that half. I've said it. Now that I've said it out loud, I'm not sure that it's that it is. Now you're making me look up stats. I think he had like 70, 80, something like that. Actually, he had 91. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But still, even if you take him away, that's still the worst rate in the NFL. And who are we talking here? <laughs> We're talking the Jets. Sam Darnold had just two for seven, so that wasn't a problem. That's because we were destroying them. Yes. And that was before the NFL teams realized what they realize now. <laughs> And I'm being serious about that because, yeah, okay, Kyler Murray runs all over your defense at Salah. Like, that's sort of expected. But other teams last year didn't do the same thing. Daniel Jones, 5 for 49. Yep, and he had the 16-yarder call back. And then Carson on Sunday was uh, 7 for 37. Consequently, three out of the uh, two out of those three were their, also their team's leading rusher for the game. Yep, that's what kind of situation we're in. That is not a that's a dire situation. I would yes, say that is not good. But at the same time, it's fixable if you want to fix it. You want to fix it? Yeah. Can you fix it? I, I would like to. I would like somebody to fix it. How about you fix it? Yeah, six point six yards to carry. By the way, it's not good. <laughs> that's a little bit better than under three yards to carry. A little bit. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why they're elite against the run is because they have four guys who are 
not really pass rushers <laughs> online. And yeah, because they've gone from from having you know two interior guys and two edge rushers to basically all the interior guys on their offense on their defensive line, four or five guys. And it's like, yeah, I guess you can't run against yeah. that. I guess the quarterback can, but you mm-hmm. know they have. Well, I mean, it, it does explain it to a certain extent. Like you take some speed away from from the defensive line, and it certainly helps mm-hmm. the quarterback. Yeah, but Murray torched us twice last year and torched us again this year when we had you know our guys in there. Very true. And, very true. Yeah, don't make excuses for Salah. Make him coach better. All right, do better, Salah. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, we talked way too much about that game. Uh, it did not happen as quickly as I wanted it to, and so we're gonna have or to, I. And so, and so we're going to have to blaze through the conversation about the, the, the next game, which is uh, 49ers welcoming the, um, I'm going to call them feisty, the feisty Miami Dolphins to uh, Levi Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Lose all the games, then win all the games. Yeah, they're, they're um, you know, they're, they're probably record-wise, you know, about what you would expect them to be at this point in the season. But they've uh, pretty much been in all their games so far, if I'm not mistaken. They haven't really gotten, like, blown out by anyone, which is, you know, probably better than than uh, most would have expected at this point in the season. They're probably still, you know, another year or two away from... From what? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> second place? Uh, yeah, they've been they've been you know close. They lost by ten to the Patriots. Week I, I one. thought they, they blew, didn't they blew somebody they, out. Actually, they did blow someone out. Yes, they beat the, they lost the Patriots by ten in week one. The Bills by three in week two, and then just lost by a touchdown to the Seahawks last week. They blew out the Jags the week before that, thirty one thirteen on Thursday night football. What um, a great Thursday night football game! Yeah, so they're one in three. Uh, they have a point differential of three points. <laughs> really. Or negative three points. Sorry, negative three points. Uh, that's not bad. Um, yeah, it's really not bad. Uh, but we'll we'll, we'll get now. I'm scared. Yeah. Um, so uh, the news came out today uh, that uh, head coach Dolphins head coach Brian Flores uh, is going to to keep the Fitz magic going and going with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback uh, again on Sunday. You know, at least to start. We'll see how that goes. So, Chris, uh, good idea or bad idea? For him or for us? <laughs> Either way. Because <laughs> um, I don't care about it for them. I care about it for us. Yeah, for us, I guess. And my answer is, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call him Fitzmagic. This is true. It could be five picks. It could be five touchdowns. It could be five picks and then five touchdowns. Like, you just never know. <laughs> Spin the wheel, baby. Who knows what you get? And, and this guy's from Harvard. <laughs> yes. He and Juice can hang out when they're... Yeah, so I'm actually excited about the fact that he's going to play. Because we have Harvard versus Harvard. I love yeah, it. Which happens every week. <laughs> and then they can take like some Mensa tests after the game. <laughs> after we crush them. I, I like it. I like it. But, but not totally crush because we don't yeah. ever. Not like personally. Like blots. <clears throat> <clears throat> More on that. I'm not too scared of Tua. He's definitely not a speedster. As if that matters. Yeah. But I mean, he's like real slow. <laughs> and I mean, he wouldn't even run the 40. So I think the only time he's run the 40 maybe was in like high school. And it was like a kind 4.9, which is slower than Fitz Magic. Really? Interesting. I assume that he didn't run the – well, like I'm assuming he said he didn't run the 40 in the combine because of the injury. But yeah, I would think so. Yeah, he, he's not a guy who has a good 40 number that's out there. So there's reason for that because the fast guys like to run. But he, he's a little bit mobile, and you know, I sort of like the uh, lefty throw motion. Mm-hmm. We had some pass rushers, maybe we can move him around and, and hit him from the other side, but we don't. 
So just magic being faster than Tua, uh, I think that he would probably run for just about as much yardage as Tua would. And he's actually run for a little bit of yardage because of the way that teams defend against him. He has. Yeah. He has. You know, sometimes they just you know, man it up in uh, you know, lots of deep routes and he'll get past that initial pass rush and he'll stumble his way out there for 20 yards or so. And the other thing about Tua is he's short. So there, take that. <laughs> uh, I hear a short people don't like that. For, for sure. <laughs> and also, like, who wouldn't throw, like, a bajillion touchdowns if you always had multiple NFL future star wideouts on your team in college, right? Boom. I think I'm more or less uh, on board with that. I mean, you know, Fitzpatrick has been himself this year. Uh, has completed 69% of his passes, has thrown for 994 yards, four touchdowns, five interceptions, six sacks. So, <laughs> And they're all, like, in different games. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. And an 83.5 rating. He's the most bipolar quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> he has run for 115 yards, as you alluded to. Uh, his 28.8 yards per game are second on the Dolphins team. What? Yeah. <laughs> as are his 115 total yards so there's uh, matt Breida. so there you go it's not matt Breida. um <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i i think um as you mentioned uh i think for some reason people look at tua and look at you know the fact that he's a he's a good athlete and they think he's a runner but he is definitely more has always been more comfortable as a pocket passer even you know when he came into that national championship game as a freshman he was definitely a like you know he'll move and he can move well enough if he needs to create problems um but i i I think uh in a in a theoretical world where all things being equal uh you should 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 be able to sort of corral fitzpatrick a little bit easier than 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 someone like that so you know it is what it is um so just in general uh the miami offense is you know pretty kind of middle of the pack um just slightly below middle of the pack in the league uh offensive dvoa uh negative 2.9 which is 22nd in the league uh pass offense is 8.7 which is 22nd in the league also uh and then in a sort of weird bizarre thing and i think this just has to do with efficiency and 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 that sort of thing uh their rushing grade is a negative 16.6 but is which is actually 16th in the league so which tells you what dvoa thinks about running the ball in the first place right um Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fact that negative well it doesn't work right (laughs) it's it's not just like football outsiders yeah for sure (laughs) um it's fact yeah they're uh but the the yeah, their overall PFF offensive grade sort of holds with those numbers too. They're sitting at twenty second overall with a seventy point nine offensive grade. So there you go. Um, but as I alluded to, while they have scored some points, they've scored ninety three points on the on the season. They have unfortunately given up more yards, more points than they have scored uh, at ninety six. So just a hair more than they have. Uh, of course, their blowout of the of the Jags uh, two weeks ago plays heavily into that because uh, outs if you take that 31 points um, that they scored in that game they scored 11 28 and 23 so that that number obviously inflated a little bit um, but really the the issue seems to be on the defensive side of the ball for Miami uh, they are 31st overall in uh, defensive DVOA at 16 percent uh, again remember if it's defense you want the number to be negative Positive numbers are bad. 
16 is is pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> they're 28th in pass de defense on DVOA, 18.7%, and 31st in rush de defense DVOA at 12.4%. Um, we won't get into the, the other numbers because you will get mad, and I don't want you to get mad, any more mad than you are right now. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I mean, a, a lot of their stuff's right. Just... Just need to do it. In conjunction, those two numbers, those two sets of numbers kind of work together. DVOA has them, you know, at the bottom of the league, essentially in all three of those phases. PFF more or less holds with that. It's a little better, but it's not a lot. Uh, they have a 48.4 overall grade, which is fifth worst uh, defensively in the league. Um, they are uh, 16th, so right about the middle against the run. 55.7 grade uh, tackling 54.5 is 21st uh, 65.4 for pass rush which is 16th and they're dead last in coverage with a 33.4 uh, so you know that's Nick Mullins territory right there <laughs> um, <laughs> which is you know not what you want and it's very confusing because if you look at their defensive like team and, and especially in pass coverage like they have some some players there that you're like, oh, those players are good. Like, you know, Davian Howard is, is a good player, uh, you know, on on at the cornerback and Byron Jones. Uh, you know, not a great none, none of these guys are great, but they are generally considered quality players. And so it it is a little strange Dante that Johnson. they <laughs> it's a little strange. That they cannot cover anyone. They also have your your boy uh, Noah. It, 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 Benning, you know, the yeah. guy that we talked about last off season. So he's the one of their one of their corners as How's well. He doing so, so far? I don't know. Um, he's, I mean, he's, per PFF. Uh, oh, per PFF. I don't know. We'll talk. You know, <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the the you know the Dolphins again, as we as we talked about, they're they're still trying to figure it out. Um, obviously, this is kind of a a, a gap gear while they work uh, to a up to being healthy and ready to go. Um, and Fitzpatrick is going to do what he's going to do, which is probably win you one or two more games than you want him to win because you're hoping that you can get a lower draft pick, but they'll end up winning like four games accidentally. Uh, and we just hope that one of them is not this upcoming Sunday. Um, so with that, let's uh, move into our prediction. Um, we are too early in the week as it stands to know to know for sure, but it seems it seems like we should be starting to get players back from uh, all these injuries. Uh, so players like Emmanuel Mosley should hopefully be ready to go. Um, Kella Witherspoon should hopefully be ready to go. Uh, but most importantly, Jimmy Garoppolo should hopefully be ready to go. Um, I I I think given the nature of the NFC West and the fact that. We now have uh, the Seahawks at 4-0 and the Rams at 3-1 ahead of us. And the fact that at this current juncture, uh, Arizona owns the tiebreaker. <clears throat> Again, at this current juncture, things could happen. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that Jeff Garcia called this a, a must-win game. And it's week five, so it's kind of hard to say that. But at the same time, if S Seattle keeps winning, if the Rams keep winning, if Arizona kind of gets out of whatever funk they're doing and, and you know, wins more games then you kind of have to keep pace and so i think losing to a you know a not a good team <laughs> like like the dolphins would uh do a lot to sort of derail the the season maybe completely um we've i think already said before 
the offense is going to have to step up and, and sort of run this team for the rest of the year. I mean, the defense, I think, for all of the struggles that they've had in certain areas, we can certainly say they are performing admirably and probably a lot better than anyone would have expected given the losses that they've sustained. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you lose Bosa, you do not expect them to still be a top 10 defense, which they yeah. still are um, by most metrics. Um, the one thing that scares me is that they've yet to play a top half quarterback when they've played this all is, the worst this quarterbacks in the league. I mean, I should cut <laughs> a good week last week. So I don't think he yeah. qualifies. Yeah. In loss, by the way. Exactly right. But the guys that we faced have not been good. Yeah. And just like they, they, whoever they is, like to divide the season up into quarters. Maybe after the Dolphins, we have the Rams, Pats, and Seahawks. So if you want to win three out of four games, this is going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. I saw something today. Uh, Mike Clay, who works uh, for ESPN, um, said that according to his metrics, uh, the 49ers have the hardest remaining schedule for the rest of the season. So that's uh, that's not ideal. Um, but it's it, the rest of the season does start with this game, which should be there you go. Uh, theoretically a game that, that the Niners should be able to win. Um, and like especially we, if... Like we said if, last week. Right. <laughs> if, if Jimmy is back and ready to go, which, you know, it, it seems like he was sort of on the on the cusp last week, um, but they sort of made the executive decision to give him another week. Um, this feels like an important enough game uh, to, to if he's mostly there, that you got you to gotta get him out there and, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, I, so for my prediction last week, I, I obviously came out a little too hot and I was you know excited about the Giants blowout and how well Nick Mullins played. Uh, got a little uh, too close to the sun, as it were. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit more reasonable this week with my prediction. Um, this is, a re- uh, like I said, a rebuilding Miami team. Uh, they have some players, but as a team, I don't think they have it, what it takes to stick in it. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Niners 27, Miami 17. I feel okay about this game, as long as we can keep Matt Breida off the field. <laughs> I, I feel like if you allow oh, yeah. Matt Breida out of Shaney's doghouse that he lent Flores, I guess, <laughs> since he's not touching the ball at all. The only logical explanation for what's happening. Yeah. I mean, what does Shane need with a Matt Breida doghouse anymore? So <laughs> it only makes sense that he would give it, give it away. He sold it to him on Facebook market. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that must have been what it was. <laughs> what does that go for? I don't, I don't know. know. hundred bucks. Maybe. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be pretty big, uh, you know, hold a yeah, full yeah, size yeah. human. Yeah. yeah. I can food and, I mean, probably eats a lot too. Yeah. So anyway, okay. um, <laughs> too far. Staying on topic, as we always do. If yeah, if he sees the field, I'm scared because he has reason to be mad at us, and that he does. I don't want him taking it out on us because he's fast. Not Mostert fast, but maybe it's something about the fields we play on, or something about our team that just makes people a little bit faster than they are anywhere else. But he has handed that torch off. To or hit, perhaps hand of the baton off to Mostert. Mapri would like nothing more than to torch us, so please keep him in the doghouse. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin even made some comment last week about the fact that this was the game he wished he could play, <laughs> and so it seems to be in the thoughts of players for sure. I, I imagine there's probably a little bit of bad blood there. Yeah, 
So yeah, I mean, especially as he's starting the season as the number one running back, and well, <laughs> supposed to be the number one running back. Thanks, Coleman. And then ending the season on special teams. And so he's can't be happy. So prediction. Yeah, and again, thanks for that blowout prediction last week. No problem. No problem. Appreciate that. So this, this line, and I was struggling to find a line for this game because I think it's sort of all over the place because players are waiting to see who's going to be the quarterback because that's going to be a huge defining factor in probably the outcome of this game as well. It would definitely be a factor in the line this game. But you stated that the line that one of the casinos in Vegas is currently it was actually taking bets was eight and a half corners. Which seems super high to me. Yep, for sure. I don't totally understand that. Mm-hmm. And the over under was forty six and a half. So this is not going to be fun. Um, nineteen to twenty seven and a half. <laughs> hey, I wasn't off. I wasn't far off. Look at me. Yeah. So twenty seven and a half to nineteen final score. No, um, <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. How are they going to get to twenty seven and a half? That was the joke. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, your, your happy birthday song better be good. Oh, it so, be. Yeah, yeah. so I will go with a 27 20 because it's close. <laughs> and there's, I mean, I would make it 28, but there's more than likely the 49ers scoring four touchdowns and not kicking a field goal, like zero. It seems so. pretty, yeah, yeah. I had the same thought as well when I went with my score. I, there's, actually, there should be a Vegas odds for that. <laughs> over and under. I, I oh. There's got to be <laughs> over under Robbie Goldfield goals. That's got to be What's the maximum number of touchdowns the 49ers can score without a Robbie Gould field goal? (laughs) Hey, I have him on one of my my fantasy teams, so I'm all for him kicking field goals as long as they're not like the only only thing we do. Yeah, I'm good with that. And and there's a kicker, Graham, for the Bengals. He's another guy. He's like, (laughs) get in that red zone and then have Joe Mixon do nothing except last week. And then kick those two goals. Yeah, so, buddy. Twenty-seven twenty. I like it. Cool. Closer than I wanted to be. Yep, absolutely. But I don't care. Yeah. If it's a win. Yep. But we need win. one of those W's for sure. Um, yes. Go, cool. please. I want a happy podcast next week. I agree. I agree. Okay. It's my birthday. Yeah. All right. More on that later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for uh, listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. As always, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.